I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Ladies, gentlemen, enemies, welcome to Warrior Destro's Stream of Four on Banana Fish episode 20. Uh, joining me today is, of course, as always, my very good friend. Uh, not an actual doctor, but he's still, you know, he, he knows all this stuff. He's, he's very knowledgeable. The sole doctor, of course. Not really subtle either, I've come to realize. Over the oh, course of my life. Since I've had the screen can't... name, I'm like, <laughs> been thinking, is this, is this really the most apt screen name I could have? <laughs> <laughs> you, need to, you need to find a new, you know, adjective to go before Doctor. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll put that to a poll, perhaps. You know, put up a couple of ideas um, as to what your new your new handle could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, then it wouldn't. It, it was it was a philosophy thing. I have to say, I've told this story many times, but mm-hmm. there's a uh, in another life I was uh, going to get a philosophy PhD. I have a. Uh, graduate degree in it <clears throat> have a uh, an MA in philosophy but I didn't finish the PhD stuff for many reasons but uh a medieval philosopher uh John Dun Scotus like the Catholic Church liked to award sort of a title uh to their like intellectuals I guess and mm-hmm. like St. Thomas Aquinas was called the angelic doctor, for instance, and Scotus, mm-hmm. they called the subtle doctor. And I always thought, that's such a cool name. <laughs> what a great <laughs> title. Uh, one, one of the, you know, put, put that one in the uh, in the lowly uh, prose pile of, uh, you know, things that the Catholic Church did in the, uh, in the late Middle Ages. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you're doing better than me, I say. I'm still, I've still got the hold over from my World of Warcraft days, is my handle. But anyway, uh, we're here, of course, today to talk about episode 20, The Unvanquished, which I'm not sure if that sounds like, you know, a like new metal band name, perhaps. Oh, you know, we're going to yes. see the, Yeah, The Unvanquished. I'm going to go see them at the, you know, the concert hall tonight. It's going to be great. Or like... Uh, this episode, not so much, though. Sorry to say. Going to get out there now. Uh, I was not Spoilers. so hot on this one. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers, I'm afraid. Uh, this episode has problems. It has one problem I never expected to actually be talking about in relation to Banana Fish. I did believe it when I saw it, but here we fucking go. Oh, wait, uh, well, okay, okay. No, I... Well, we'll talk we about it in a sec. Yeah, let's... Let's give that its due... Gravity. But I just have to say, looking up The Unvanquished, it's fucking not a short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It's not an Ernest Hemingway. They picked what? a different American author what? to crib that, titles from. Is that why this episode isn't quite as good as the previous? Because mm. they broke the pattern? Hmm, you could be onto something. Mm, uh, I don't know. I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> seeing a well, trend. It's it, 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 then the drop in quality is inverse to what I think is uh, a a uh, a rising quality of chosen authors because this is a uh, William Faulkner novel, and mm. I happen to think quite highly of uh, of Mister Faulkner. I've uh, I've been to his uh, his house. Uh, oh, what is it called? Is it called Row Manor? I can't remember what it's called, but like, uh, I don't know. it's speaking of fucking my philosophy graduate school days. Uh, I went to uh, grad school in Oxford. No, not that Oxford. <laughs> not Oxford, England. <laughs> Oxford, Mississippi. It was uh, Oxford with two X's. Yeah. <laughs> Oxford. <laughs> no, no. The uh, uh, and and William Faulkner's house is there, and uh, I toured it a few times. Uh, it's it's a really beautiful place mm-hmm. um by the way i've brought along a new beer tonight it's dr thirsty's by witchwood brewery well that should be One my new Docs- screen name dr Docs- thirsty <laughs> i was gonna say like i i, I was i bought this and i thought myself after the fact wait a minute you have to become a doc so you're not born one so, so was that mean his name was mr thirsty beforehand <laughs> fuck i hope that's what the, that that's, <laughs> that's what the dentist calls um at least every dentist I went to as a child, and I went to a few, and my kids now go uh, to them, and they still do. Did the dentist my kids go to still does this? No relation to the dentist bef- that I had as a kid. So you know when you're getting your teeth cleaned, and they they have a little gun that sprays water in your mouth, mm-hmm. and then they have like a tube that they stick in there, like a little vacuum that sucks it all out. They mm. call him Mister Thirsty. And they always have done because he, he sucks all the water out of your mouth. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a fair few people I know on the incessant in real life where I could call Mr. Thirsty, that's for sure. But anyway, <clears throat> looking at you, Jay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, right. So before we actually get to the episode itself, let's talk briefly about the polls from last time. Let's see how they're trending oh, yeah. at the moment. So uh, let us. I'm just point, I'm just putting off talking about the opening thirty seconds of episode twenty as long as I can. Well, and we we must have order. There's a process for these episodes. We can't just get know, on here and do whatever the fuck, people. Oh, this really? Is a I thought, oh, come on, man. I thought that was what I was doing all, all along now. You know, Rebel Dow no, Cause, no this rules. Was, this was science. It always has been, goddammit. All right. Oh, science ruins everything, goddammit. <laughs> here we go. 
the poles from Banana Fish episode 19. Ice Palace. Ice, ice, baby. Is Blanca getting cock-blocked by Yudlung the best scene in hashtag Banana Fish thus far? Of course. 83% say yes. And uh, good on you. There's still uh, quite a bit of time to vote in that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, In all of these, in fact. Uh, (laughs) I I forgot we did this. Do you ship the meerkats from from Compare the Market? (laughs) 62% say yes in all caps. At the 38% have voted ellipsis. Uh, AG <laughs> colon 67% say Mr. Right 33 say Mr. Right now uh, Is being afraid of pumpkins A character flaw 63% mm-hmm. say yes Those are the polls Indeed So let us move away from the polls Let's talk about the actual clips. Um, One thing I want to say again Because I'm still putting off talking about this fucking moment As long as I can um, put a pin in this thought as we go along, folks. I, when I started watching this episode, I had the expectation in my head that the entire episode was going to be the party. You know, oh, gradually, worming, you know, gradually worming the way in, you know, infiltrating, you know, and then eventually they get Ash out at the end of it, and that's the episode. Uh, not the case, as it turns out. The party takes up maybe a quarter of it before they get Ash out, and then it's just a series of John Wick-esque, you know, probably through the sewer sequences. Um, by the way, if I were to describe this entire episode as its equivalent of the sewer level, uh, you know, from video games, the worst one a lot, then that might be potentially true. Very sorry to say. Um, but yeah, I legitimately thought the entire episode was going to be a party. And the thing is, I maybe this is my, like, you know, me projecting a little bit here, but maybe that's an adaptation issue because I get the feeling that the party might have been its own volume. Mm. Uh, do you feel? Do you fill me in on this info if you know, folks? I'm curious to know, in actual like manga terms, how much time the party took up. Like, how long did they take to gain there? Are we starting to really compress shit down? Because the funny thing is, like, we have three major set pieces in this episode: the party, the sewers, and later a museum. And if you told me they were all their own volumes, I'd buy that immediately. I'm thinking that you know people have said that this, the show was running out of time, and I'm starting to see it a little bit here. Yeah. um... It is, uh, it, we are in the, the last lap of the Mario Kart Grand Prix here. So mm-hmm. it's true that, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it is anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Jesus, I almost, I almost spat my fucking drink out reading that. 260 fucking pages. I, Jesus Christ. What is that, two, that's a couple, couple volumes, maybe, R- roughly, I mean, could be. Depending Fucking on, I don't know hell. how. I don't know how big those chapters that, were. Which, and by the way, book. speaking of the manga, I've been corrected. Uh, Wikipedia says that Banana Fish was a a fortnightly publication, a biweekly one, and Carice Carice sixty seven on Twitter shouts Carice has uh, informed me that it was actually a monthly. So. I, I think going back to the, like the discussion before of, um, you know, does this sort of thing feel feel rushed? And we talked about like the crunch and understandable, definitely for weekly and biweekly. And I mean, it is it, it's it's always understandable, I guess, when you have deadlines for art. But um, this it's it was probably 
I guess it depends on what what uh what the mangaka what else they were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. But um having like a having a month to draw it is um is a nice cushion. I guess depending on how many pages that you got to turn in for the monthly. I don't know how long the chapters are. I was just so ignorant about the the manga. Maybe someone in chat could fill us in. But speaking of adaptation, oh fuck! Let me um, let me uh, let's once again put off talking about the horrible thing, the thing. that we have to yeah. mention because I, I actually wanted to bring this up and and this is a really good time I think to slot it in. Um, we received a really nice email from Jessica. Again, you could email us, waroidesho at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, referring to our last stream. And do you remember in episode 19, the scene in which Yutlung was, uh, there was an attempt on his life? Oh, yes, that's uh, right. And my contention was, boy, this scene sure feels like it feels, I said feels, feels like it's moving quite fast, so it could be like a victim mm-hmm. of adaptation, like cutting stuff, and it just feels kind of unfinished and disconnected. I'm going to read some of this, because I think this is quite a brilliant uh, way to look at this scene. It actually makes it feel very important and very mm-hmm. like cohesive with the vision that the show seems to have for Yutlung's character. So... Um, the scene uh, we've talked about Blanca and Singh enter Yutlung's residence immediately discover there's an assassin and the assassin kills himself mm-hmm. uh, so we're told by Yutlung that he was wounded with a bullet but couldn't say who it could be like who the assassin could be since he has so many enemies uh, so she says you could take the scene at face value like I did um it could be one of his relatives, a Vietnamese attacker, but that leaves you with a Wait. lot of questions. I, want, I have a feeling where this might be going, but carry on. Okay. If this quote-unquote chef had been employed here for about a month, why hadn't he just poisoned Yutlung earlier with his food? What are the odds that he just happened to pull this attack coincidentally as Blanca was also coming to visit? Uh, why does the scene seem to come out of nowhere? How did Yutlung come mm-hmm. out of this confrontation with only a small bullet wound to the shoulder that mm-hmm. he seems to get rid of quite quickly? I wish I had a longer beard right now so I could stroke it more <laughs> vigorously. Why was because the assass- I see where this is going. Yeah. I see where this is fucking going. Why did the assassin kill himself, uh, you know, this pro, if, if captured? He pulled um, the fucking Ozymandias from Watchmen. Right. So He did. He fucking did, didn't he? With these questions become explained when you consider that this was not an, an outsider's attack, but was uh, an act staged by Yutlung himself. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that was where it was fucking going. We know that Lung is having his brothers as well as their wives and children killed off. If all these blood relatives are being murdered and in the end he's the only one who is untouched, suspicions would definitely be aroused. To make himself mm-hmm. also look like a victim through a failed assassination attempt, that would throw off suspicions. Um... And he's going to take full advantage of this opportunity another to check off another item on his to-do list to get Blanca to sign a contract with him. We know from earlier in the episode when Yulun mm-hmm. surprises Blanca with a visit to his hotel um, that he'd invited him to dinner a lot of times and Blanca rejected him. We know that Yulun hired this chef about a month ago, um, which is coincidentally, it coincides with 
the st- Blanca's stay in New York City, the length of his contract. So uh, he had this assassin ready to spring this attack from the moment he hired him, but as Blanca never accepted any of his invitations, he would need to take matters into his own hands and force mm-hmm. him to come to dinner. He tells Blanca twice in this episode that he wasn't going to give up, um, even if it means causing himself harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and there's, and, and, and then Jessica goes on to say uh, that this also shows Yutlung serving as a foil for Ash, because if you recall when, when Ash was in prison, he let himself get attacked by Garvey in order to sent, to be sent to the infirmary to get a pill. It's scary to think Ash will go to these lengths to accomplish his goals. But we see that he has put his own safety and pain aside for these reasons. And similarly, Yutlung has done this um, to kill two birds with one stone. And mm-hmm. and, and this adds to Yulung's reactions when Singh is there because Singh was actually not part of the plan. And so he is kind of mm-hmm. genuinely surprised. Like, what are you doing here? Like, this, you know, this doesn't... Uh, this this has not been figured into my plans. Don't poke holes in my story. <laughs> you yeah. don't tip Blanc off. So not and she, genius. And she asks, and so she says, like, ever since she read the manga and, and everything, like this is just sort of intuitively what she was thinking. And that made me wonder if the presentation of the manga kind of better illustrates this and like pushes it out there as a viable point of view. So and she asked, what do we think of Blanca here now? Do we think that he was fooled and accepted the contract, um, sort of believing the story? Uh, do we think he accepted it out of sympathy? Do we think that he sees through the plan and has an, an ulterior motive uh, and so wants to get next to uh, Yutlung? And I think in this episode, after seeing this episode, I probably lean toward the, the final of the three um, mm options there but but i i think that that was a really good analysis and makes me appreciate the scene a lot more so thank you jessica yeah that was uh, that was very insightful that thank you um for me i've got two i've got two reactions uh one is the joke one which is the blanca he is one seems to get one up on Newton, but not because of anything to do with that but just because he got cop blocks he wants revenge for that yes yeah like you could be waiting, my, waiting for the opportunity. Fun time with that maid no. there, and I'm going to fucking kill you for it. <laughs> uh, the um, well, the more one obviously find more serious is that he's um, wanting to make him fall in love with them and then just reject him. <laughs> no, not that. Uh, the one, the other interpretation I take is that I think that Blanca is probably focusing way too much on Ash and knows Ash so well, but he knows nothing about how Yulong operates. So I think that he probably is. Completely unaware of the larger game that Yu is playing here. Could be. Maybe, well, maybe Could not completely well unaware. He's, yeah. he's aware he's playing games, but maybe not necessarily guy. with himself. Um, so that's my feeling on it. But yeah, um, that's right. oh. that's quite a, quite a good reading. That so thank you for that, Jessica. Totally. Appreciate. I'm mm. going to update the word 19 and change it to 20 now. <laughs> One time we did a whole we'll episode it. with the past. That's that's another, that's another delaying tactic. <laughs> We're doing the same episode again, so we'd have to talk about what happens in this one. But um, all right, we must right. Peel let's the bandaid okay. off. <laughs> okay, so um, people in the audience, I'm going to describe my reaction to this opening 30 seconds of this episode, and I want you to imagine the sound of like a car crash happening, a really c- catastrophic one, like you know where it's just banging in, like everything just blows up. Um, because we're at the party, 
and Yulong is discussing with Blanca, like he's just, you know, eyeing up everyone who's there, like politicians, moguls, you know, all the fancy hob rich people here hobnobbing around. And he says a line. He says a line, and the line goes, uh, the Corsica, not the Corsican, so typo. The Corsican Foundation is trying to become the US's next Jewish community. I had to pause the episode at this point. I really did. And the funny thing is, that's partly the false of it happening just like literally in the first 30 seconds because it completely caught me off guard. But it's also partly the fault of the fact that I was just like, what? What the, what the, what the fuck is this line? Are you meaning to tell me, Banana Fish? Even though this line is being said by, you know, Mr. Dark Side of the Moon himself, and he's obviously not got a good bone in his body. Are you mean to tell me? But look, I mean, also Bl you... Blanca is just like, hmm, yes, good observation. <laughs> Indeed. Let me uh, swill my drink, sir. So are you mean to tell me, are you mean to tell me that you're making a comparison between the fictional villains of this show, uh, who are all about the mind control, by the way, the, the might, uh, yes. Shadowy the figures mind, controlling the yeah, destiny of the many. Mind, yeah. Uh, the with, government, yeah. With, yeah. you know, the fucking Rothschild shit. Are you really cabal. going there? Are you really fucking going there and making that comparison? I... It was so lame. I wish... Excuse me. It was so <laughs> silly. Stupid. Just... I, why couldn't they? Why could they not have just scrubbed that? <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. I never, I'm, this I is never... not. I want to stress that this is not a thing that's going to like tank the show or anything like that for me. I mean, to I've always said, you know, to to a lesser degree or greater degree, all shows are are problematic in in some ways, and sometimes that's only revealed with time, and sometimes it's very fucking obvious, like in this case. Yeah, uh, well, never, it's just annoying. I, it's annoying, but I never ever thought in my life, like so when I started watching Bill Fish, that the one thing I would accuse always being anti-Semitic. But hey, here we fucking are. Jesus Christ! And you know what the worst thing about it is? This is like here's the thing, right? To get ahead of this, even though I really should save as a talking point, but I'll just get out of the way now. Like, Go for it. I, I wouldn't be adverse to this being used narratively to you know be a long-standing part of Yulong's character. Like, you know, if he'd always had that kind of thing going uh, and it facts into the plot somehow. But it's just an off-the-cuff observation that, 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 that doesn't do anything. You could drop this line entirely and I would not have known any different. Why the fuck is it here? What purpose does it serve? I, I'm honestly bam-fucking-boozled at its inclusion, especially given the fucking racial diversity of the show thus far and how good it's been with that, that they kept this fucking thing in. Yeah. I'm absolutely mind fucking blown. Are you mean, are you literally mean to compare an entire religion next to a bunch of people who are mind controlling, killing people? Oh, and don't forget the rapists in there as well. What the fuck? Very, very poor taste, obviously. Uh, Ooh. and quite offensive. Like, uh, and mirror, mirror point has, it makes a, another astute point here that there's meant to be an American on the production committee, which makes sense, right? Is this show taking place in, in uh, sort of a, a reimagining of 80s America in the modern day? A, sort of weird mishmash of that sort of thing. 
uh, yeah, how did this get through the cracks? That's really, uh, that's interesting. It'll, it'll turn out he's a fucking pizza gator or something. Who the fuck? <laughs> pizza gator. I wa- <laughs> like, I mean, it, this is like a, me looking for a huge cop out. Like, there's no way this is like a translation thing, right? <laughs> like, where it just, there's some kind of colossal screw up. What if it's just Amazon's fault? <laughs> well, they didn't spell Corsican correctly either, so <laughs> who the fuck knows? I don't anyway, know. Anyway, I um, what a what I'm a gonna, bummer. What a I'm bummer. just going to say, like, it doesn't tank the show for me either. Yeah, but it does make this episode pretty bad. Well, not pretty bad. It makes okay. Yeah, it does. Let's just let's just call it what it is here. Like, it kind of taped the whole thing after the fact for me. And okay. the thing is, like, I would have probably not minded so much if the rest of the episode had a lot of really strong. Episode nineteen kind of stuff going on. Uh, no, not really. I'm... Yeah, I mean, you did kind of feel like it tripped right out of the gate there and never recovered the momentum that we were feeling from nineteen. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's move on from that load of bollocks. So, um, Ash is then carted in. Now, my original theory that he had been poisoned by um, banana fish is not true. He'd just been blinded, much in the same way that Golzini previously blinded him when he took him to the opera. Um, presumably because he obviously won't be able to escape. But as we'll learn later, Ash is basically fucking daredevil, so here we are. I mean, seriously, some of the shit he fucking pulls off when he's supposedly blind is... This is going to be another thing, like... The long recurring problem of Ash being overpowered comes back and raises its ugly head in this episode. Um, to its detriment. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but anyway, Agee's infiltrating there as a waiter. Um, he gets a gun from one of Ash's friends, you know, the uh, Snaggletooth one, the pink hair. Oh, right. uh, uh, so I can't remember their names if they've said them at all. Who knows if they've been? Indeed. I'm sure they've been in the manga named. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, uh, Blanca seems to notice Age is there, but doesn't make anything of it, and then all hell breaks loose immediately. Again, kind of caught me by surprise, less so than the previous stuff, admittedly. Uh, but it caught me by surprise, because I was of the opinion it was going to be a whole episode thing, you know, like, we're going to gradually work our way through. You know, there's going to be a scene in which, you know, Age bumps into Blanca, but he's got the glasses on his Clark Kenton, and no one recognizes it, and you get... Some uh, more, but no, some more Hitman break. shit. <laughs> yeah, really. It really did feel like Hitman. Um, so all hell breaks loose. Um, the AGM good guys Blanca. come in. <laughs> yeah. And start so, mowing people down with Uzis and semi-automatic yeah. weapons. The ghost fucking town. What um, heroes? AG <laughs> AG um, pulls his gun on Golzine, but Golzine gets Ash up close and says, like, go on, pull the trigger, I dare you, fucker. Did side effects. Um, yeah. And AG does eventually shoot, but he only ends up wounding Gorzine, which allows Ash the chance to escape. Uh, and someone comments that, you know, how could you miss at that <laughs> point? By Sing. Like, to be fair, we did have the establishing thing, you know, that um, AG can't, you know, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, to borrow that old, uh, old uh, dodgeball quote. Um, right. Um, and Blank is like, uh, sorry, he's like, so, you know, Splanka, kill him now! And he's like, no, I'm just here to protect you. So, you know, they're still trying to, you know, work out the kinks in their list or, you know, Blanca, not relationship. Kill him! Please! <laughs> please! Come on! Do it! Mm. Do it! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why won't you fucking do it? 
Um, Ash, by the way, gets a gun I'm at just some point here to and protect hears, you. And here's a gun being cocked about just to shoot someone while blind. And I'm like, really? <laughs> that was. I knew you were gonna have a really poor reaction to that. I heard a gun cock, Kane. What do you want me to do? <laughs> just, just kills a man while blind. I mean, it was pretty badass, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. I can understand because. I mean, do you feel like do you feel like the show has like? I mean, at certain times, it really has presented itself as like. It it, it kind of has dove into that like cheesy action movie lexicon. Like, do you remember when they were? I, I guess the around the time of Shorter's death, and they were like, like Ash pulled the Rambo and was wearing like, you know, full like like chest belts with bullets all over them and like, they raided the, the armory shit, yeah. and like yeah, were just blowing yeah. people away so i mean there have been there's been stuff like this before where it's where it's well, kind of like ye- good cheesy um but admittedly like the show is not always taking that tone so it can catch one off guard from time to time the problem with that is that to go back to that example you cited there uh that was Ash's bloodlust coming through there because of everything that just happened. So it while it was cheesy action, it actually had a narrative point because he did want to murder right. the fuck out of everyone in the house. And then, of course, what happened with uh, Dawson's brother, whose name I forget, that fucking pencil neck little shit biscuit. Um, so here, it just makes the point like, well, if he was blinded, uh, was that ever really an impediment for him if he could still aim a fucking gun and shoot someone through the head? Only, I mean, only geez. against Blanca. <laughs> I mean, but he can't I mean, beat him with vision, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, God. Well, there's your thing. Like, you know, Blanca is the, uh, you know, the admission of the problem. So, so Manira said that Singh's comment in the manga, they found it a little bit funnier because Eiji trains with Ash's gang, and they, we don't really get to see too much of that. I think they were hoping to imply that with some of the scenes and some of the kind of, like, it's like we talked about don't hesitate to pull the trigger kind of deal. Like they seem a little bit closer and they seem to take him seriously. So, but it would have been cool to see. And then it would, it would have made it much funnier. Cause you're like, it's building up to Asia killing someone and building up and building up. And then, Oh, don't even need you to kill anyone. Cause this blind mm-hmm. guy here could just stand up and, and, and kill I know. Him. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm, I, I have to say like, I hope that, you know, I like to imagine, like, in the same way that Pixar movies have their outtakes, there's an outtake of Banana Fish where Aegis firing the gun, and it's rubber bullets, of course, that's how it works. work. Um, but he ends up actually hitting Goldie straight in the head. He was like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Yeah. And and just, uh, can, I, like, can I say, Mirror, um, and I think I speak for Shadon here, too, when I say, like, as a, like, concept just kind of on its own, like Banana Fish being cheesy action movie type deal. I don't mind that shit at all either. In fact, I, I, like, a lot of my favorite anime is, like, super cheesy over the top. Like, I love that shit. I love action movies. They're great. I think we kind of just feel, and, and correct me if I'm not speaking for you here, like, our feeling was that in the beginning this show really had this incredible tension about it that we were really attracted to 
and that has dissipated now in these in these fights and in the gunplay because of how overpowered Ash has been and and is being. I think that's all. It's like I don't I don't hate it. Like it's fun. Um it's just like man, earlier banana fish. Like god, I like I missed that that tension with that danger. It was so mm-hmm. exhilarating. <laughs> well, Speak from, speak from my experience here, like one of my favorite action movies of all time, and indeed the best Christmas movie ever made, is Die Hard. And here's the thing about Die Hard, right? Yes, it is cheesy action. I mean, the one-liners are ridiculous. Uh, it's all, you know, it's all there. But John McClane in that particular film felt vulnerable. Like, there were times he was getting the shit kicked out of him, or, like, you know, getting shot or injured. He looked like he was in pain. Fucking glass in the foot, if you remember that. Ooh, that still sends shivers down my spine. Can I so, t- can I tell you something? <laughs> mm-hmm. You've not seen Die Hard, have you? I've never seen any Die. I've like I caught part of like the fourth one on TV once. <laughs> you only you caught part of the fucking fourth one, so you didn't even catch a part of a good Die Hard film. Right. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> um, okay, but the point, point I'm making here is that... Like, when people Jesus people will talk about, like, Alan Rickman when he passed and how awesome he was, and I'll just have to be like, yeah, Snape, a cool guy. Because <laughs> I haven't seen... I mean, people love his diehard stuff, so... I know I should see the movies, but... This is going to be the most depressing stream of thought we've ever done. Isn't it? <laughs> We're talking about this unfortunately mixed quality, mixed bag episode of Banana Fish. Found out that you haven't even seen fucking Die Hard. Oh, and on top of that, we also found out that there's going to be a live action Cowboy Bebop. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you are you mad about no, that? No, I'm. I'm just confused. Why? You are? They Why does gonna, it exist? Well, they were going to make like a live action movie about it forever ago. Why? Why though? Why? Who's it for? Why are you making it? How is it going to be better than the original? Tell me. Well, it's probably not going to be better than the original. Why? The, what's the point then? To make money off nostalgia. <laughs> fuck you then! <laughs> Just Jesus. <laughs> it could be kind of cool to to revisit that world in a different. You know what you can do? It's already on Netflix. It's on Netflix already. Just... Oh, is it? It's not over here. Uh, it's on. Really? Yeah, Shit. no, it's not on Netflix here. It's um, it used to be. I don't even know if it's still on Crunchyroll because the Funimation mm-hmm. Crunchyroll Alliance yeah. has been disbanded. So uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> there's another movie for me to. Skip. Are you talking about Die Hard? <laughs> no, yeah, I think he, I think he means uh, the Cowboy Bebop. The Bebop. It's going to be a TV series, isn't it? Yeah. No. God. No. Like, Look, I'll watch it. Like, I, people, people are giving they... people are giving shit to like. I I don't know if the Kakegurui live action is a is a Netflix thing. Like the the Death Note one was terrible. I mean, the Death Note one was straight hot trash, and I talked about how bad it was on a different podcast. Um, but. Like live action adaptations, and, and is this going to be an American production or is this going to be Japanese? Because, well, like, well, they talked about like Bleach 
like as a Netflix one, and it's a totally Japanese. I thought that Bleach movie was fine. I it was not okay. Hate it I actually, at all. I have actually seen that. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, I liked it. But here's like. I'm just thinking to myself, like, how on earth are they going to adapt shit like the stuff from Mushroom Samba? That's where animation shines. CG, man. <laughs> C fucking G. <laughs> uh, or maybe, uh, okay, so my fear with it would be that they only, like, adapt the the Spike versus Vicious main plot and largely focus on that and have, like, some bits here and there of like stuff, you know what I mean? Like some comedy bits in episodes, but not have any. I guess if they're doing a full TV show, they got to have some comedy episodes. But I don't know how long it's. Did they say how long it's going to be? I don't know, and I don't care. It's going to suck. Balls <laughs> and I, I, uh, no, like it. It's not even the biggest anime Netflix news this week. Evangelion coming to Netflix is the fucking Godzilla of Netflix news in the anime world. That's that's fantastic. Well, I never thought everyone would be talking about Evangelion on Twitter. Everyone, like what? Who would have even guessed that? Uh, that's so cool. Well, I'll just finish off the thought by saying that someone pointed out that the reason we keep gaining these is because of the perception that live action is better than animation, and I'm I'm so fucking sick of that. I'm so well, fucking sick of that, you know, attitude. Yeah, well, look at it this like, way. Look at it this give us way, new right? Be- give, us new- give us new Bebop that's animated. There you go. How about that? Yeah. Right. Well, Netflix is doing plenty of original animation. But look, look at it this way, right? Here's how I would choose to look at it. Um, rather than take that point of view and say this is the point of view of the production studio or whatever, because they'll make whatever makes them money. I don't think that they have, like, quality sale. Like, we need to do this instead of that because it's artistically superior. They'll do whatever makes them money. I think that there are a lot of people out there with that attitude generally. And they could see this and be like, fucking Cowboy Bebop. This is some good shit. And people will be like, it already has some cachet. So people will be writing about it. And other people will be like, yeah, it's good shit. You know what? It was anime originally. And let me tell you, check the anime out. You're like... Maybe kind of get them into anime that way. Because they might be like, okay, I'll check out... A l- I like this Bebop. I want to see some more Bebop. And if they watch any of the Bebop anime, I mean, that's great. So that's that can be like a kind of an inroad for people. That's yeah. that's what I think the best case scenario is for this. Could they just not advertise for the original? I mean, Netflix does not have the money to be spending on this because they are significantly in debt. They should be pissing away the money doing something like this, to be quite honest. Anyway... Let's get back to Banana Fish. So, in the aftermath um, of the party being shot the fuck up by everyone... Um, Will Ash the seatbelts Co- do the music again? That is the most important question. I'm sorry. Oh, Yoko Kano. Yoko Kano, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, it's prob- probably... I would say probably not. <laughs> I mean, heck, have we... I mean, it's not like, you know, big... Oh, wait a minute, production. maybe. Because um, Watanabe is, the, is, is a consultant. And let me tell consultant, you... Consultant, though. Well, look. The last time he was a consultant on a show was Michiko and Hachin, and the music in that is fucking incredible. So he will have... <clears throat> the music is important to this guy. I mean, look at Bebop, Champloo, Kids on the Slope, Michiko and Hachin, all with these incredible, really focused musical visions. Like, this is a director that 
understands the importance of that, he'll have stuff to say, okay? I feel like you can probably count on the soundtrack to this actually being good, whether or not it is the seatbelts, whether or not Yoko Kano is composing. Hopefully she will, and hopefully they will, but even if not, I have faith in Watanabe that he'll come through. Anyways, uh, I'm not gonna, I need to have more of this just to cope with the other shit. Okay, so <laughs> in the immediate in the immediate aftermath of the party, uh, Ash, Eiji, and Koval escapes. Um, Yulong has a conversation with Blanker in which he accuses him of actually helping Ash to escape by simply not intervening. Um, and they say, you know, should we nullify the contracts? He's like, no, 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 no. no. I just want you to find him, kill the fucking rest of them, get them all. What then happens is they're all in the sewers. Uh, they manage to get down there. It's the same kind of issue subway system that we saw previously in the episode involving Arthur. Ding, by the way, because that's not the last time that fuck is If only we hadn't lost Arthur. <laughs> a, wherever Arthur is in the next life. He just sneezed. <laughs> um, Where fucking hell, like... So anyway, Ash, yeah, you know... They're in the Ninja Turtles... Uh, the home yeah, of the yes. Ninja Turtles before they get to occupy it. They don't come till mm -hmm. the 90s. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, so, Ash wakes up and they have a discussion about, like, you know, we're down here safe or okay, people looking for you above. Um, AJ prepares some soup for him. Uh, we get what I'd argue is the best scene in this, in this episode so far, uh, which is that AG and Ash, like, you know, they start talking about how he's not eaten, and we learn it's been a fucking month since he came, you know, since... Oh, well, I mean, wow. I mean, not even, not even necessarily a full month that he was, you know, in Golzine's care, so to speak. Big quotes there. But, I mean, like, he might have been at, you know, Golzine's for, like, a week and then decides out for the hunger strike. So he's really weak and exhausted, although that doesn't then ultimately play into the rest of the episode, regrettably. I mean, there are moments, but other than that, like, you know, if I saw, like, certain scenes later from particularly the museum stuff, I would not believe that he had been, you know, on IVs and drips for, like, the past month. Because he's basically back to normal, so I don't think they do a great job on that, to be Listen, quiet. he's just so fucking badass, though. He doesn't need to eat. <laughs> uh, Listen, he's it's more of the John Wick thing. I mean, look at how awesome he is, even without food. Also... John Wick did have a you know a steady diet though, <laughs> like a steady uh, diet of revenge. You know, best dish, best served cold. It's true, <laughs> but the uh, underrated scene from this whole part is when Singh and his uh, and his man are arguing, and they're just saying downtown in English a lot, and it made me very happy. <laughs> it made me think of the uh, the show tune. How does it yeah. go? Like downtown. Oh god, you're right. I'm like, <laughs> I just wanted there to be like an anime music video about mm -hmm. downtown and how important but, but it is to these. Mira, Mira says Ash was revived by the power of love, and I'm hoping that's actually the song. Yes, I mean, they were on a train after all, so lyrics would fit. Don't need money, you know. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. Yes, <laughs> yes, yep, yeah, yep. Um, so yeah. Ash has some soup, and I thought this was really good, like how they just got that moment to, you know, wreck, you know, talk again. <laughs> what if this was like a, like a turned into like a cup noodle commercial or a Campbell soup commercial? You just have like the logo in the corner and have him going, ah, food hasn't cup tasted, of soup. food hasn't tasted this good <laughs> for a long, long time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then fade into like the Campbell's logo. <laughs> Incredible, dude. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Um, so meanwhile, back in the Golzine mansion, Golzine, uh, Blanker, and Yulong and co are figuring out where they've gone to because they've disappeared off the map. Uh, this is where we also get the wonderful line of, like, you know, if only Arthur had been around, then, like, <laughs> Golzine, Golzine, just, just to refresh your memory here, you utter fucking imbecile. He ruined you your actually, company. <laughs> yeah, while you were away, you know, enjoying whatever, you know, sights and sounds in Europe you so desired and, you know, enjoying those juicy free goods on the way back, uh, Arthur ran your fucking... Arthur ran your fucking, you know, criminal enterprise into the ground and basically proved himself unable and incompetent, <clears throat> so incompetent that he could barely tie his own fucking shoelaces. You can't say that with a straight face. I would have been more believing of this if he meant the fucking TV show. <laughs> Honestly. The fist. Um, <laughs> like, I'm speak- so, what, but, but in Arthur's defense here, let me just say... Oh, this is I have to hear. Well, okay, on. okay, okay. Come on. Right. Come on. We all we all have in our various places of, of employ or or jobs or whatever we're doing, we all have uh roles in which the we mouth, are fit for and roles in which uh, yeah. we are not. Clearly Arthur is not a manager. He is not meant to he's not be a high. Well, he's not a high level. He's not a high level manager, right? He can't wash his own face. <laughs> How do you he know that? Even... Okay, because I could imagine it. So, like, a mirror beat me to the point. Right? Is that in this context, he's saying, "If only we had Arthur," because as a foot soldier on the ground. He knows the layout of the city quite well, and no one else in that room particularly did. Now, it didn't take Blanca long to figure out what the fuck was happening. But Blanca but... made the obvious point, which is, what are these dots on this map? Oh, so I, mean, the fucking I wonder map. where they might be. I wonder the, where they could the, be. The what only you... fucking thing of note on that map is those dots. There's no other, it... like, it was such a, like, that map. I have problems with the map. But, okay, but, but Arthur, like, his role as, like, scout, navigator topographer of the city he could fit in there you just don't put him in charge of the fucking megacorp you know you just don't give him uh an assassination mission for high level target you don't let him do any planning he is a doer uh he is a a a scout he is a an intel person oh he's that's a boy scout all right that's for sure <laughs> yes fuck um anyway so Ash has been having like this kind of, you know, spider sense kind of feeling that they're not safe there because he knows Blanca's going to be on their case now. Uh, if Blanca was not there, of course, then he'd be probably quite comfortable with where they are. Um, and he starts yelling at the various individuals there, which include Cane uh, Blood, he's he's back again, uh, and Sue Ling's group, uh, you know, to get armed and get ready because they are going to be ambushed in the sewers. And wouldn't you fucking believe it? He's entirely right because, of course, Blanca is the one person who can go, maybe they're in the sewers. Who'd have thought? Because that's where I got my power. I turned into a green person (laughs) who can electrocute you. Wait a minute. Wrong Blanca. Uh, So, and they fight, 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 and they fight. And the shooting, 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 and the shooting. Yeah. Montage. Should have just been a montage. 
Every film needs a mo- sorry. Here we go. That's like the second <laughs> America reference I made in this in this entire series. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, Ash, principally, he does hand age you a gun again, saying, "I wish I didn't have to give this back to you." Uh, but you know, we've got like you could literally chart their relationship on how you know Ash feels with handing age you a firearm. Mm-hmm. That's like I could literally put a graph of like level of trust and then put pictures of the various moments that happens to tie in with it. It's not the barometer I would have thought for a healthy relationship between two people, but hey, here we are. So he does it in the very beginning of the show, right? He gives him his own daddy, gun. Daddy, daddy does. Daddy and does. Now, now AG's, AG's a big boy. He's all grown up. He's got his own pistol. Mm-hmm. Indeed. It's my Glock uh, So this is, where I, this is where I started getting John Wick 2 uh, like vibes from like the catacomb scene from that film. Oh. Especially the music. Right. Guess what? I haven't seen John Wick. <laughs> And I love those kind of movies. I really should see it. This is a trial talking <laughs> about this episode. This is a fucking trial. <laughs> but I but I understand, at least I understand the reference, you know what I mean? Like I I've heard enough, like John Wick has been in the ether for years. The dog, the like the revenge, the fucking badass killer, like all that stuff. Uh it's out there enough to where I understand what you're talking about (laughs) I'm going to send you a YouTube link to the scene where he like gets all his equipments in the second film and it's probably one of the most amazingly like you know equipment pornographic porn things ever like it's just fantastic it's like and what suit would you be wearing today Mr. Wick he goes like you know three buttons something like that he goes and what about the lining he goes tactical like yes yes Alright. So I'm anyway, a the gunfight about the situation. So anyway, the gunfight proceeds. Ash murders the fuck out of a ton of people with like single headshots like he's playing a fucking light gun game. I mean, Jesus Christ, I want to imagine what his high score is on time crisis. It's gonna be a bit ridiculous. Um during the kerfuffle, uh Ash and AG get separated. Um they have like two groups, so it's gonna be like uh AG and a couple of Ash's friends. Um Kane actually takes Ash with him, then knocking him out. And there's a brief scene in which, you know, they say, like, all right, we're going to go find the rest of them. Ash wakes up in Kane's, like, place of subdescription, wherever. And this scene was going in a direction I really, really thought. I'm glad it didn't in the end. Thank fuck for that. Because he had him tied up in the bed. And I was like, oh, God. Really? Even you, Kane? Are you going to fucking try it? <laughs> But no, that's not the case. It says I just tying him up because like for that, and then he's like, "Look, you're literally skin and bones. You're not escaping. We're just keeping you here for safety for the meantime." Uh, and then Ash, because he's well, pulls the fuck out, just pulls the chains off the one. Like, I'm like one month, one month on water and IDs, and suddenly he's stronger than Lou fucking Fringo. Are you taking the piss here? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> now, okay, 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 okay. Fair. I'll you be made fair. him angry. I'll be, like I'll be it. fair here. I get the, what they're going for here, which is that, you know, you've said it before about a couple of different shows we talked about, but, you know, the human will overcoming, you know, yeah. limitations. Like, he wants to find a, so as far as he's concerned, he'll tear down the walls, like, you know, if he has to. So that's fine. I get that. Um, so, Mr. what Lynx. happens next? Is he... Mr. Lynx, yep. tear down this wall. Sorry, I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, um, no visual similarity, but when you said that, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. those 
you so, know, and I, to Kane's credit, you know, I, I was like sort of worried it would be, oh no, like here we go is going to be sort of this trying to convince Ash and Ash sneaks out and like the plan is fight, but he adapts very quickly. He's just sort of like, all right, so what are we doing? Hit me with your plan, boss. <laughs> if I can't keep you tied down, you're good to go. Well, fit. Well, firstly, we're going to Subway. Uh, <laughs> Some $5 footlongs. That's the plan, motherfucker. I haven't eaten for a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he has a plan. And next up, Blanca and like, Lou Young. Like, Lou Young gets a phone call in his car. And it's like, you know, oh, we found him. We found Ash. And he's running through the streets, uh, shooting at, you know, the guys who were chased after him. He might just headshot a couple of people through the cars. Because, mm-hmm. of course, he can. Oh, that was beautiful. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, when when is when is the fake grand order banana fish crossover going to be where he gets to summon Ash as an archer? Oh, man. because he really would. Because yes. he really would be a fucking archer. Yes, is he would be? He would definitely be in. Um, oh my god! Why have I forgotten the name of this anime? It was from like two years ago, uh, and it was like historical fiction. But like two gods were bringing back these various. Oh, I remember figures. Like Drifters. I he would be in Drifters. Uh, if Billy mm. the Kid could be in Drifters, Ash Link should be in Drifters. <laughs> they should summon yeah. him as a gunman. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, so, yeah, Ash is indeed killing people. He's actually making his way to a museum, uh, which he then heads inside. Um, and Leung and his guys, they all arrive. Uh, Blank is with him, and he says, right, okay, storm the place, capture him. And Blank is like, wait, 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 wait. You do realize that there's no power in there, and he's probably going to use that, like, you know, to ambush our dudes. And I, like, I know this oh, kid. I know oh, this kid. Oh, 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 Blanca, you and your <laughs> sound pragmatic advice. Although he wants what is this. He, like, he, I think he takes it on board, but he's like, look, I want to capture Ash for myself. Golzine's going to be mm-hmm. here any minute. Can't risk letting Golzine get to him, so I'm willing to just fucking push on. Yeah. Uh,. So what follows is not the nice at the museum skit I expected. That sniping scene. Fucking... You, you just brushed over that sniping scene. It's the greatest. Oh, <laughs> where, where he shot through the glass. And where got he's two like, or Yulung is like, where it's like, you know, Blanca is going. All right, we need to be cautious here. Let's, you know, let's play this out. And Yulung's like, what? Are, it's not even the first round over, and you're giving a pew, <laughs> and someone's head explodes. <laughs> Yeah, like that happens many times. This episode, Yu Lung thinks he knows what's up, and he should definitely heed Blanca's advice more. Should adhere to it more strictly. <laughs> we all agree, definitely. So yeah, um, it's a night at the museum, but it's not going to be a fun Christmas romp. Uh, you know, sadly not. Although I would have loved it if a T Rex did indeed come alive. That would have been quite funny. Okay, what do, do you like? Do would you also be scared? if you were alone in a museum at night, not like terrified scare, like, oh no, something's going to happen. But if you're walking along and then in your peripheral vision out of the corner of your eye is a giant skeleton in the shape of a dinosaur, I'd kind of, no, I'd freak because... out. A, no, I'd, come on. I'd freak out a little I, bit. I, well, I'm in a museum. If I'd have seen it elsewhere, like, you know, completely out of context, my bother, but what the fuck do you think is going to be in there? Come Listen, on, guys. You... Hardened criminals here, you know, and they're just wetting their pants. <laughs> they are hardened criminals, that's true. But, like, I don't know. I mean, they're, he- like, again, I feel like in the dead of night, if, if only the emergency power lights are on. I mean, 
but like, you are talking to a person who scared themselves reading Jurassic Park, like alone yeah. at alone in the dark at night. So maybe no, just well, Mary's, dinosaurs. Mary's bottom. right. Mary's right. I'd be scared, of, like you know, seeing things out of the car, right? But when you can see in the image, like the full skeletal dinosaur, and you're just like, oh, 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 I'm like, look, I look at this. I look at giant dinosaur skeletons in the full light of day, and I'm just looking at them, like pondering them. It disturbs me then. Because <laughs> dinosaurs are the fucking scariest thing. That's why I love them. They're just amazing real life monsters. I don't know. I think that they're like I. I definitely felt seen <laughs> during that part of the episode. I never thought that that'd be the thing that the case is. You know, <laughs> but hey, here we are. Yes. Um. So anyway, um, I will give credit to the lighting and the direction of this scene as Ash goes around killing people. It is genuinely cut, almost like a horror piece. Which is actually pretty great. Yeah. I really like it. Especially when you get like the rapid cuts between like him moving between locations as he's like almost ninja running around. But yeah, he makes short work of everyone who enters the museum, so no surprises there. Um And then <clears throat> And, and then. then and then uh while they're all deciding, you know, outside, okay, what are we gonna do? Send more dudes in. Uh, reinforcements arrive in the form of Cain uh, Bloods guys who start shooting up the fucking uh, blockade they've got outside the museum. And I honestly thought this was going to lead into a gag where we're just going to see more and more like convoys of vehicles turn up from different gangs. Like we're going to have Sue Link's fucking guys turn up on mopeds or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been funny. Um, but yeah, in the confusion because Blanca and all the others are starting to shoot at, um, you know, Cain uh, Bloods guys because they're on the other side of the road uh, Ash comes out of the museum, shanks the guy who's looking after Yutlung, who's just a random dude and holds at gunpoint uh... <laughs> A scary pumpkin exhibition at the museum Well, oh. they'd have had him then I, I, I mean I'm literally surprised at this point they aren't just throwing pumpkins at him, like pumpkin grenades the green <laughs> goblin, I've said it before you know, it'd work no one else um, knows, thankfully. <laughs> Only his own people know. Nope. Um, but yeah, and then almost leading into the skits I wish I'd seen happen was the fact that then, uh, you know, people from um, Yulung's gang who actually found Aging Co., they bring them over. And then Ash is like, okay, fine, we're having a trade. You and me, Blank, are inside there. You bring your ostriches, I bring, you know, this little dipshit here. Uh, and we'll talk. And so they do. And the decision is simply this. I want all your hostages, and you get Yutlum back. And Blank is like, well, that seems unfair. And Ash points out, well, you know, your reputation as a contract killer and bodyguard will be ruined if you can't protect your client. So, that's your choice. Simple as that. Yeah, he he knows. He knows uh, what's important to him. Yeah. So. Which is also, I, would, I should note, probably the first time in the show's run that since Blank has turned of course, that Ash actually gets one over it. Yep, yep. So it's a nice it's a nice hint here that you know that it isn't as one-sided as it is originally presented. It's not something that he's ultimately going to be able to beat physically, but he has to beat mentally. Chess the, the question is, though... Game of, game of wits. The question for me is, if Blanca was not aiming to completely earn the trust of Yutlung and totally win him over, would he mm-hmm. just have... Would he have tried to to get him back by foot? You know what I mean. Like, is he really losing, or is by losing here he actually winning in the in the long game? Hmm. Not sure of myself, to be honest. 
I think, well, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, I think Ash probably was right. And if he keep, you know, he has to keep his reputation inside. The braid um, choke. Was... The braid choke. Yeah. <laughs> that was epic. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it if next episode, completely without explanation, Yulong's hair was just, like, short, down to, like, just below his, like, jawline, or even shorter than that. Just completely without explanation, just just to, to just to back up the fact that, you know, he was, his hair was used like that previously. Yes. Um, yes. So, they do indeed trade hostages, and then Ash throws a knife at Blanca, gets him in the arm, Blanca shoots Ash in the shoulder, uh, but everyone escapes and goes their separate yep. ways. Hon- honors, even, arrives... honors even forearm wounds for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golzine arrives at the scene and they have a he has a chat with you and then he's like, I just wanted to get you ash for you, sir. I'm sorry. That's d- twice this episode where Yutlung is apologizing and looking like a you know, forgive the expression, like a whipped dog uh in mm-hmm. front of Golzine. And I think that's kind of crucial because Yutlung, in his mind anyway, uh he knows or he believes that like it's only a matter of time before the partnership between he and Golzine is done. They both want to come out on top. They both want to scrub mm-hmm. the other. Uh, and, like, Golzine does a pretty convincing job, especially the first time, of being like, oh, we can't control all of our subordinates. It's fine. Don't worry about oh, it. I've never doubted our friendship. Yeah, I know. That was kind of a, that was a backhanded, like, you don't have control of your men. And then that this, was salt in the wind, right there. Yeah, and then this last time, you know, Yutlung again is like, oh, I fucked up, and he's like, why don't you just leave Ash to me? So I think like he's kind of pinning him in here, right? Like if he if if Yutlung goes after Ash again, like Dino can it is totally within his rights. Like he won't be the traitor. He'll be like, ah, Yutlung here is is doing all this shit, and he's mm-hmm. really going back on what we are what we've agreed upon so i will mm-hmm. take you out um he's he's really playing playing to get showing that he's the experienced mafia man here <laughs> and like it's <laughs> like he said you know ash isn't someone who a a boy from a well-to-do family can take out like this is leave it to me leave it to big papa <laughs> oh yeah because he's done such a bang up job throughout most of the show's run I mean, the only time he actually genuinely did get one over on Ash, well, twice, was one when he had, uh, you know, his friends in captivity and fucking murdered, well, got one, one of them murdered. Uh, and then secondly, when he had to call in, you know, the hitter, so unexplained contract killer who taught him all he knows. So <laughs> I, I'm a bit incredulous on that one. Hmm. Um, anyway, hmm. you longer blanket, like, you know, they discussed briefly, like, okay, he knows this place too well. He is a wild beast set free. And by the way, <laughs> you hate this. By the way, by the way, I really do fucking hate this. I'm tired of it. I'll save it for talking point. I'll save it. For uh, but they mentioned they're going to let loose a scorpion in the city, and I just imagined what you long pulling out this tiny little fucking scorpion, putting it in and say, "Go find him and kill him." And it's just there waddling along for like five seconds, going nowhere fast. We might need to rethink this plan, boss. <laughs> Uh, didn't quite work, did it? So, uh, I've yeah, put... that is. Oh, sorry. No, you you go ahead. I apologize. But that otherwise is the episode, pretty much. Uh, so Indeed. yeah, Ash is free. Uh, he's escaped. Um, Golzine has got some 
plan in mind and Fox if I know what it is because he's well Blank is not on his side anymore so it is going to be using Blanket to get it done uh, who, who are you talking about Golzine? yeah I don't know what? I still think I still think I still think that uh, Blanca it seems like he still serves Golzine d- despite being attached to Yutlung you know what I mean it feels like he's using Yutlung to get close to Ash and, and, and also just to keep an eye on him uh, mm-hmm. and like every you know Golzine checks in on him Golzine still seems to care about him like oh you're wounded you know and they have a talk and then there's that scene last episode of of, of Blanca reporting to him so I feel like yeah. yeah he might not be able to directly use him but he's got a man in Yutlung's camp that he can kind of indirectly rely on hmm this is just my feeling we'll we'll see but this late in the game like i'm very curious as to what they can possibly pull out of the hat now to make you know to make this happen um but yeah that's the state of play at the moment ash is free uh age is free uh blank is still working with you long golzine's got some cock in any plan somewhere probably he's going to unleash a terminator on a city fox if i know uh and that's it the episode 20 the unvanquished oh boy what a what episode for wrong reasons. Aww. I liked it more than you did. Okay. You well, you like most things more than I do, to be <laughs> fair. It's true. That's... Uh, shall we get into uh, talking points here? Mm, I only really have one, to be honest, because well, I already me... did the one about... Okay, let me go. I have thing. I have several. Alright, so let me hit the go sounder on. here. Talking points. <clears throat> okay. Talking points. Um... Wow, my writing is terrible. Oh, it's backwards. You can't even see what the fuck it is, but it's... it's... Oh, well, you wrote it back. No. <laughs> it's the invisible link. It can all be seen under a black light. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay. Talking points. Overall, I do agree with you insofar as in this episode, uh, there are a lot of kind of moves that take place, things that happen that we have seen done before, and we have seen done better. You use the word off-cast mechanical to describe the episode. And in terms of the big picture, I think, like, that is accurate. You know, if you were going to zoom out and kind of bullet point outline all the episodes, you would just look at this one and be like, another kidnapping and rescue? How many fucking yeah. times have we done this? Indeed, argue, arguably, I would say the episode you could just say was over at the point that Ash escaped the party. Yeah, yeah. Functionally and, uh, speaking, it was done. Boy, that was an easy escape from the party. It did not feel like it. Uh, it that they felt like uh, well, what a half, half baked, <laughs> what a half baked plan, right? Uh, but again, they, the the writing covers its own ass because. Ash very much, you know, says in the subway, like, there's no way Blanca would fall for this. Like, he understands what's going on. He reads me. Uh, he's just waiting for his opportunity to strike back at all of us. And so that was good, at least. But, but yeah, I mean, just from a zoomed out view, you could say, well, look, <laughs> here we go again. But I thought that there were some standout. Uh, some standout scenes. Next point. Um, gosh, there's a few for me. Um, let me look back. Uh, okay, so the dinosaur sound effect 
amazing fucking <laughs> incredible like again you you never knew this episode was going to speak to me in this way but like when the guy who's going to die is looking up at the t-rex skeleton and you see the camera kind of pan up it and the next shot is you know fade into ash in the background and you hear the like dinosaur roar kind of i'd love if i'd love if ash was using like a little kazoo thing to to make that noise (laughs) like some (laughs) jurassic park 3 bullshit have you ever seen jurassic park 3 oh regressively oh you have okay 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 mother i'm sorry that you have i'm sorry i have the movie's terrible but do you remember that bullshit at the end like they're surrounded Uh... by raptors and they're like ah the raptor call like yeah. no 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 that's you know, the wrong one that's the aggressive one do the mating you know, call oh wee, wee. <laughs> i think that's the last noise you'd want to make against around around a horny velociraptor quite honest just um terrible. by the way so, so i think my favorite scene from that film was at near the end when you've got the guy standing on the beach he's like oh hello there and then next thing you know <laughs> and some next thing you know someone just the fucking military just turns up and like offloads and like Wait, they weren't there before, so you didn't see them in the background, but now they suddenly materialized out of thin air. Did they fucking plan this? Did they stage this? So this one fucking dude would be on there saying, Hello everyone, I brought the military with me. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Fucking comical. Like, well, that's the film itself, really, to be honest. Um Gosh. I still I'm my brain is stuck on Jurassic Park 3. I have to I have to push on. Um Okay, there's a scene, and someone was talking about this on Twitter, so I saw it before, but seeing it in the episode was amazing. When you have uh, Kane and Ash and Eiji in the sewer, and Eiji says, all right, Ash, back up. Cock gun, load it. I, I'm going to create a distraction to get you out of here. It's time for me to, like, be useful to you for realsies and mm-hmm. do some shit. And Ash is like, no, no, no. Like, and Kane disables him. Says, like, and by the way, Kane, you motherfucker, saying, better he die than you. Like, how are you going to write off AG like that? Come on, man. But anyway. Uh, Could and- AG hold together hold down sound, though? Could he be the downtown man? But, like, that scene when, like, you really hear in Ash's voice and see in his face, like... Oh, sh... I just remembered something. Can I just... just, Sorry to sound you, but I forgot something. Mm. There was a line in which, after Eiji gets given the gun, he says, sorry, it's something for us Japanese. And like, what the fuck was that line? Oh, okay, okay, okay. This line is this. So, when uh, he says that apologizing is something for us Japanese people to do. Because it's oh, not okay. when he's giving the gun, he like has it, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you." Ash says, "I'm sorry, you have to hold that. I didn't want you to." And he's like, "Don't apologize. That's something for us Japanese people." Because before Ash has ribbed him for apologizing too much. Um, I honestly, I honestly thought like, are we making the second like you know broad stroke about people or peoples in this fucking episode? Are we really no. doing it? God's sake, stop it's, it! It's Ag making fun of himself, and look, I mean, it's just a bare fact, like. It's a very, very uh, sort of etiquette and manners-focused culture, and they do apologize and ask to be excused a lot. (laughs) But um, 
But when, yeah, when AG runs off on a suicide mission, basically, with a gun loaded, he could kill someone and, like, destroy the innocence within himself. He could get killed, more more importantly, even. Like, the desperation on Ash, because Ash is, for once, well and truly not able to rescue him physically. It's like, I, you know... There's been times when they've been separated or there's been some kind of reason he couldn't immediately rescue him. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason he can't except he's weak right now. And there's so much desperation in his face and in his voice. It's kind of beautiful. Like, I really liked that scene. Um, yeah. The outcry for AG. Um, and I thought that there was an interesting... So, do you remember uh, when AG and Ash are kind of sitting around the fire? It's during the soup. It's right after they talk about the soup and do the commercial. Um, Ash basically says, like, we need to go. We need to get out of here. Like, you know, Blanca's coming and sing. And AG are like, no, 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 we're fine. Like not sing but it's just ag it's like we're okay like we're we're hidden in the sewer everything's good no one's gonna find us and ash is like man you're right like i'm just paranoid i'm always like thinking about the worst case scenario i'm always trying to plan plan ahead uh think like other people and think around these problems uh and i thought it was so interesting that he equates that to cowardice and he says, I guess that's because I'm a coward. Um, and that there's this idea in his head that think things that look incredible to us, right? And this is so relatable because I think everybody can kind of look at things that are actually strong points about themselves and see them in a negative light. Mm-hmm. Like he sees this incredible ability to calculate and plan ahead as cowardice because it's not the brave way. It's it's not facing a problem on its terms, head on, straight away, and tackling it there. It's avoiding the problem, uh, even though we would not see it that way. We'd see it as excellent planning and dealing with the problem mentally beforehand. He mm-hmm. kind of sees, again, this very sort of negative internalized emotions. It's like, this is just me being a coward, really. All it is, thinking steps ahead. And... Again, I found that incredibly relatable as someone who is uh, quite like predisposed to that kind of self self depreciating, self deprecating yeah. attitude. Yeah, like yeah, I'm. I was into. I that. hear you on that. I absolutely get where you're coming from on that. But the thing is, has this been a part of Ash's character until this point? Yeah, I think so. I'm not so sure about that. He, he, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't think. Likes... He, well, he doesn't think highly of himself at all. He never has. Well, there's a difference between thinking highly of yourself and thinking little of yourself as well. Like you, you can be in the middle where you don't actively think about it. Like, oh, I think I he know. thinks little of himself. I mean, remember when he's like, come to Japan with me. And he's like, why? I couldn't do anything. All I'm good at is killing. When And he's, you know, Eiji's like, no. Like, you could do these other things, experience life. Eiji told them before, like, you're special. You have a gift. You know, you're a lead, natural leader. You're very charismatic. Well, and Ash is like, Fuck that! Like I'm, I'm not. I'm like, all I'm good at is killing. Like that—that's nothing. That's not 
anything that's praiseworthy, that's a bad thing. I, I think he is, has, I does have a low I, view. The thing of is, I, do, I don't think that's a disagreeable point for him to make, though, because he's right. Like this is the thing, like I've said before, like about him trying to become a regular person, but he's lived a life of you know crime and violence so long. Like those are the only tools he has. He's not technically inaccurate. Self depreciation often is being inaccurate, like you know where you inaccurately assess your own you know capacity. When he says that all he's ever known is killing, I'd argue that is true. Certainly, he's well educated, sure. but he's ne- but he's never actively pursued his education or used it for his own benefit. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it gels quite as well as it could do. Well, I think you can draw a distinction between someone who, like, like yes, it's true, right? That that Ash is a killer has been raised that way, but the reason he's so good at being a gangster is because of all the innate talent he has. You know what I mean, and that that could have been molded in any way. Like yeah. that is well, still my, my, that like yeah. he's not just um, he's not just someone who can pull a trigger really fast. He's an excellent planner, an excellent motivator, a leader, full of charisma. Like he has all these talents that could be put to use in other ways, but like he's been so kind of um, I don't want to say ruined, but like programmed. And put in only these one these these certain kind of, of scenarios, um, and he can't see that because he doesn't have the outsider's perspective that AG has. Yeah, well, I think I think for me, like, I get I get that kind of idea, but I don't think there's assessments of himself apart from the coward thing. I think the funny thing is, like, if he says all oh, like you know his pre-planning thing is nonsense, it turns out he was right to be worried, which kind of also yeah. defang that a little that de- defang it a little bit for me because like. Well, he was you know, right, but it, but he like well, yeah, I mean, he was right, but still, like, I, I don't think he's saying. So yeah, there's the one part: is he right or wrong? Like, yes, he was right. He was wrong to let his guard down. But then uh, there's the other side of it: is is he a coward? And you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's what I'm kind of trying to talk about. Is hmm. is that like and and whether or not. Whether or not it turns out that Blanca comes, like, I guess it doesn't matter to the thing that I'm saying, which is... I actually think it would have been more interesting if nothing had happened at all. Like, you well, know, sure, no, yeah, that would be a up. different that'd be a different thing, and it would be interesting. Um, I just think that this is a revealing scene in and of itself, regardless of that outcome, that Ash believes himself, that, that believes that his ability, his tactical ability and foresight and forethought is evidence of his cowardice. You know what I mean? And he probably, I I mean, I want to say he, you know, I don't know that that, that he's always felt that about himself because he's, for so long, he wasn't able to escape his situation. I mean, last episode, he called himself basically, pardon my French, like a, like a cum dumpster. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm, I'm just. That's, a to- not, that's not the thing I was just sensing to say. Then I'm a toilet. Know. He told Dino, like, I'm just a toilet for your semen. Uh, oh. Like, there, this is a person who has a very low self worth. I think, and you'd understand. You'd absolutely understand why. Yeah, no, I get that, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something that the connected tissue here that gels this mm. thread together because it hasn't been something that I felt was apparent. 
for me, the primary character arc of Ash thus far has been, I'm here now, here's where I want to be, how do I get there, can I escape being a criminal? And I think that, you know, like, questions of his competency or self-sexual cowardice, like, if it if that was a genuine plot thread or character thread to me, it would be inhibiting somehow. But it hasn't stopped him because he's still that fucking good. Like, he could say, I believe that all it was, but it doesn't actually stop him from oh, doing sh- this. Sure. Like, it, yeah, it doesn't hamper his ability. I just think it ties into seeing, like, it ties into, like, Ash as trauma victim and him kind of overcoming or trying to deal with all of it like throughout throughout the story i guess in the in the ways that he has and has not dealt with it um Mm. i don't even know if it's meant to be this major thing it was i don't think it is i felt like an incredible in i thought it was a really Mm. really incredible kind of window into the soul of this character Mm. but i will say that that's just my read so you know if people do want to do feel differently about that's fine um I got nothing more than that. You got me there. Yeah. Um, I just want to now add that I've been deceived everything. (laughs) Get away from me. Get away from dark. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. uh, Those were, those scenes were my talking points. So do you have another, another point? I do. Okay. Hit me. Let's talk. Let's talk about heavy handed bullshit mess of, Okay, all right, let's do that. This is only going to be brief, but I'm... I'm really... I'm really kind of tired at this point of Banana Fish making a big deal of the ashes of wild beast metaphor in plain language terms, like blunt force, you know, characters outright stating it. I mean, there's that old phrase, you know, subtexts for cowards coming from some director somewhere whose name I can't remember. Um, but guys, like, at least it could be phrased differently. Like, are we going to start using terminology around wild animals? Possibly call him feral, maybe, you know? He's gone feral. You know, can we at least mix this up a little bit? Have you kept your fangs and claws sharp? Yeah, there were four separate times when they they use that as metaphor, and I'm just like, I get it. We are literally four episodes from the end. This is one of the clearest, you know, I mean, there was an episode devoted entirely to using a book and its story as allegory for him as a person. Can we stop this? Please? Like, Banana Fish is usually pretty good at handing subtlety, but this is this is just like it's been written by a completely different person. Like, you just had someone come in with a fucking crayon and just, like, writing these lines on the script, and they didn't even notice and just went with it. Come on. Really? Well, and the thing is, like, Mira, Mira was like, saying earlier that they are they're yeah then they're spaced out much more that they had to truncate all the dialogue and and cut a lot of it so but as you point out like maybe they could have scratched one of those in the cutting (laughs) you know well yeah i mean i mean you know this episode is certainly guilty of having lines that should have been cut or claimed or changed entirely yeah 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 yeah. so you know what like whatever the original material might have been this is a fault of the adaptation as much as well by simply not going wait a minute haven't i heard this same thing like five times already Nah, right. nah. Put it in. Send it to the voices. We're good. And um, <laughs> that's really it uh, with talking points. Because the only two things I really wanted to talk about were the um, well, at least in detail, were of course the wonderful anti-Semitism part. A, 
uh, and the fucking um, and that bit then. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. Got no more to add. Well, very good. Well, this is going to end up being a significantly shorter episode than our last two and a half hour stream. Um, Man, that's okay. Well, the thing is, like, but the thing is, like, not much technically happened. Like, you know what? The funny thing is, right? Someone said, I think someone said once, like, you know, what would like what could they have done differently for the adaptation? And I've been thinking about this. Call me crazy here, but I actually would have completely cut the mental asylum thing from the entire story. That's two episodes worth yeah. of time. Yeah. Because the thing about the mental science thing is all it actually the only things that happen for it, be it character beats or actual physical things that happen, is they get Doctor Doss now, and that could have been you know handled very shorthand kind of you know way. It could have been like you know done in a two minute intermission, or like you know they could have had it some of the other guys handle it as a different task. Uh, this episode, like. And I didn't oh, like maybe. it. I'll just say, like, I didn't enjoy the Asylum stuff. I, I don't, I don't was... really remember. I don't remember. I, I remember was... thinking, like, oh, boy, here's a big digression. Great. Like, these random government, like, dirty government people and the senator and, uh, you know, I don't know. It just felt like. I mean, we got the candy bar scene out of the special candy bar, so... Well, this is true. That's that's a key moment for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. But But again, sometimes the process of adaptation is making hard choices when cutting out quality content. (laughs) Uh, And coming coming at this episode, apart from the obvious fact that, you know, I'd get rid of the fucking, you know, Jewish community shit, um, I I would actually arguably, um, if I was still pressed for time, I would cut the sewer and museum scenes entirely, or at least rebuild them or restructure them in some way. Maybe no, have the museum the... scene was too good. <laughs> no, maybe, too maybe, good. maybe blend elements from the museum scenes together into the party. Like that's where you one gets yeah. taken hostage, for example. There are ways this could have been done, um, but I don't think the adaptation has been efficient as it should have been. I mean, certainly it's given a lot of time to the very good. Oh, Barbara. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, you'd yeah. miss out on Barbara if there wasn't the asylum art. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some pe- some people come out of the closet, but she goes into it. Hey, 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 hey. Um, but yeah, um, I have to see how things go with the final episodes, of course, to give a proper opinion on what they could, like you know, cut down or not on. But I think definitely you could have, well, two episodes worth of the asylum stuff. You could have easily got rid of that. Just had like Dawson be taken, you know somewhere. I mean, has Dost even been relevant since then? No, because since since he, he turned all the materials back over to uh, to Golzine, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, so it was kind of perform- Fuck. Um, It was totally dragged, but, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I, think, I just think maybe they might not have made the best choices with adapting this particular. And I'm not talking just in terms of like that they didn't go far enough of cha- making creative decisions and changing the content. I'm just talking like about the trimming aspect. Like yeah. what, do you, what do you keep and what do you get rid of? Well, it's very, I but, think it's a very hard job, you know, like when you have, when you're mm. given X number of TV slots to fill and you're tasked with adapting a work of this length, you're not. You're probably not going to get every choice right. Hmm. 
And there's always the issue, of course, of how attached you as a person handling the adaptation arts and material. Yeah. That's Too true. close to it, you'll probably try to get everything in there for better or for worse. So, who can say? Anyway, that's all I have to say about this episode. All right. Well, uh, shall we rate the episode and then go over the polls one more time? Yes, let's do it. Um, okay. For me, I did describe this episode as mechanical because it seems like it just serves the function of, okay, Ashes escapes. But Ash escapes early, and then after that point, we've got time, like, you know, for action scenes that they all look fine and all that, but I'm just not that into them. I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dislike their inclusion in there, but I think that this is, again, the function of the big problem of the show, which is Ash is too good for his own good. Um, so it kind of made it a bit more difficult for me to truly enjoy them. Right. Um, Oh, mirrors and sleep. Go on then. What what's the plot point we've not mentioned? Then go on. Hit us with this. Let us uh, let us be educated. Mm-hmm. Well, in the in the interim, uh, I'll just say that uh, I I give the show. Well, no. Why don't you give us your rating since you were already talking about it, and then we'll okay. We'll talk mirror once he uh, he or she. I don't know mirror's gender. So once they once they post it. Mm. Um. On top of that, like didn't care for the opening thirty seconds for reasons I've already discussed. Yeah. Uh, didn't uh, particularly care for the heavy-handed metaphors. Um, all in all, I'm going to give this episode uh, 2.5 giant skeletal dinosaurs out of 5. Man, you took my... Uh, you took me to the dinosaur bones. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. So I, <laughs> I really did uh, enjoy uh, parts of this episode um, in isolation. I enjoyed a lot of the scenes. I do. I do think you're right, though. and like I pointed out as well. Altogether, it was a little. It felt a little bit of uh, more of the same, but less well done and less fresh. Um, and it sounds like some stuff that was cut. Uh, I'm so sorry, Mirror. I called you a he. Uh, Baka me. Um. Uh. <laughs> Emily is like, don't say anything. Oh, we haven't talked about it. Maybe, perhaps, perhaps that will be good. Then that will be kind of uh, uh, that we'll we'll look back on and be like, wow, like cool. <laughs> that so, was so awesome. It's gonna come in like this. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll be like uh, you know the people that got shot through the windshield in Mutlings. We'll just get sniped when we're taking our victory lap. Gloating. You know, just th- th- thinking of other things like, oh, I'm going to go get myself, like, you know, a nice meal when I get home and watch some HBO. It's going to be great. And oh, God, I got to shine the face. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Let us think back in a few weeks to how stupid we were to miss it. Oh, boy. Well, this is exciting. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, you got me very curious, though, uh, Mirror and Emily. Um, okay. So, 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 so. Uh, I, I, everything being said, you know, there was, there were a lot of scenes I really enjoyed and, uh, man, chat this whole time has been saying that they're so happy that Yulun got beat up. You all are cruel. (laughs) Happy to see him get kicked down the stairs and choked with his own braid. Like, he has been a fucking snake to be fair. He's had some sort of payback. But he's still great. (laughs) I know, I know, but you know. No, look, I, yeah. But uh, it was such such gleeful delight 
in him getting abused. Uh, I I do not share this, and you're all terrible. Um, oh, I think uh, I give the episode uh, three and uh, and three quarter um, downtown musical numbers out of five. <laughs> there, you know. I, I, so here's the thing, actually, that I was thinking about that we didn't we didn't uh, mention. And this is very brief, but um, do you remember when, uh, during the party behind a pillar after the gunfire had broken out, uh, Blanca is protecting Yutlung, and it's they argue a little bit, and then Blanca kind of pulls him down, and then you get to see Yutlung kind of all cradled up in Blanca's arms, and he has this look on his face like, ah, yeah. <laughs> it just makes me think, like, you know, Yutlung, like, is either in, in part or in whole just after wanting to be protected. <laughs> like, I'm sure that he does just really, I don't know, he's, he just seems quite taken with Blanca in many ways, and I, I enjoyed I'm, that I'm, I'm willing to bet you if I went on Pixiv.net and just went style, like, hammering in, uh, long ex Blanca, OTP or some shit like that. There's going to be a ton of fucking fan art out there because I can see that being a ship, certainly a ship that Yulong wants to sail on. 100, percent 100. percent All right, let's talk. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Let me update them. Refresh. So here are the polls this week for Banana Fish episode 20, The Unvanquished. Does At the Subtle Doctor really like action movies if he hasn't seen Die Hard or John Wick? <laughs> 67% say no way, man. Uh, voted that, because I really do like action movies. Commando, great. Missing in action, gl- glorious. <laughs> so fucking glad you got Commando, Jesus <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, Demolition Man, incredible. Yeah. Uh, love the Blade movies. Let's see. So, would you also be scared of full-size dinosaur skeletons in the dark? 63% say yes, dinos are scared. No, it's gone down to 56%. While I was talking, (laughs) dinos are scary. Uh, I wonder wonder who might be splayed for that. Uh, Well, they are. Uh, That's why they're great. How many times is Golzine going to get shot in the shoulder? I didn't get to point out this, but God damn it, he got shot in the shoulder again. Can someone mm. hit the man in the head or the heart maybe that or should some been, vital maybe that area? Should been, maybe that should have been the fourth option, like anywhere but the shoulder. Just fucking... It's like, <laughs> yeah. so I question about how he says he gets shot in the shoulder, how he should be shot somewhere else. Uh, he should be. Uh, just twice, over and over, and not enough. Not enough with 72% of the votes as leading the pack. Those are the polls. Ah. <sighs> All right. Uh, I can't believe the anime cut Blanca catching Yutlung when he falls down the stairs. <laughs> and uh, Manira loving that they cut that again. So cruel. So cruel. Um, all right. Uh, I guess before we sign off, I just wanted to re-emphasize that next week, a week from today, December 5th, we're doing our 300-plus follower live stream, which Forgalia will be back for that. You're all in for such a treat. Uh, I love her to bits. Um, Shadon is the soul of the show. I would say Forgalia is the heart of the show. Um, 
So we've been a heartless show for too long, and we're welcoming back our first lady. And we're Indeed. going to live stream this uh, just, I don't know what it is yet, because besides one YouTube comment in chat, or not even a YouTube comment, a, a chat suggestion yesterday, uh, two days ago rather, it's been 48 hours and we've gotten no suggestions. Don't don't disappoint me, fans. Don't <laughs> what a pompous thing to say. Don't disappoint me, uh, subs. Um, yeah, I, I uh, we are we are depending on you guys to make a case of what terrible anime we need to watch uh, live and react to uh, as if we were the MST 3K anime edition. Um, mm-hmm. Please tweet us at Waroidesho or email Waroidesho at gmail.com with your suggestions, with your case for, I don't know. Some right schlock. Some, some absolute shite. Yeah. Some some hot trash um, that that is not Garzy's Wing. Uh, on, but, on, I mean, honestly, I'd kind of be down for watching Garzy's Wing again. <laughs> but, but we can know. We've already done that. Uh, uh, no. Uh, or no. <laughs> we don't want to see something we've already seen. Psychic Wars, Bounty Dogs, Street Fighter Alpha, uh, Ninja Resurrection. We just we just the other day watched Chimera and Judge back to back. Holy shit! Holy fucking shit! Those were terrible. Especially Chimera was a piece of shit. Man, someone gave me that VHS for Christmas once. Wow. Are you still friends with that person? Well, we're not as close as we once were. That's all I wonder say. why. <laughs> I, would, I wonder why. No, Holy it's shit. not for those reasons. It's just because shitty real life stuff. But uh, at Pancake Paradox sent me that for <laughs> Christmas. But it was, it was the year we did some tape tra- bad tape trading. I sent... Um, I sent Miles from Crunchyroll Bounty Dog <laughs> on VHS. <laughs> so, uh, well, so we would do something like that, Charlie, but we're looking to, to live stream a short, like an OAV. So I should point that out. It needs to be an OAV or a movie. Um, and again, there's no short supply of terrible things um, in that department. But yeah, I mean, it, I'd love to like, I still want to bring in uh, at Surrybot uh, Patrick Price and do a big order episode of this podcast because that's some awful shit. <laughs> um, you know, or, or we could we could always just stream a few episodes of. Uh... Oh, God damn it! What's the name of that epi- of that show? Uh, written by Mary Okada. We watched it. It was like a horror spoof of they went to camp, like a real life start over camp. It had oh, Yoketsu no judgeness. My Oiga. <laughs> yes. We could always just stream some of the first episodes of My because the first episodes are great. We got ideas, no. but but we need OAV suggestions. Oh no. please don't <laughs> let me like something something I don't know about, please, if at all possible, because Mm-hmm. I just your name, like, Jack, and my name. Judgments <laughs> are too similar. <laughs> it will never not be funny to me. 
It'll never not be funny. Dear God. What a fantastic line from a fantastic show. Lost Village, yes. <laughs> the the Mayoiga English title. Sweet Jesus. That that is a that's a show, man. Um and we've all already seen it. Uh I think after I brought up the uh the uh the was it a the boob crab? The oh, the the, God, cr- yeah. the the breast, the silicone breast with crab legs. They <laughs> um but uh yeah, we we could always just consult Bill Knuckles list of crappy anime. He has a list he sent me of some real some real garbage. Right, well there we go then. Uh, so we can if, if we don't get if we don't get uh listener listener cases made, we'll we'll consult that list. But I don't want to do that. That's a last resort. I want to pick something that the viewers suggest and they want us they want to see us suffer in a particular way. So Oh god. I conception like the video games is did they make no, a, a show of that it's, it's an anime about uh babies oh. no there's a, yeah. there are video games <laughs> they're anime games yeah, it's not it's not to do with that as i understand oh okay it. okay i think i could be wrong on that mind you is conception related to deception the game no, yeah. no. The, the game about making traps like for demons uh, and stuff no it's definitely not that yeah. All right. Well, I'm it was one. It was. It was one of those. It was one of those anime apparently that you could say that Shinzo Abe, or Shinzo Abe, made, you know that old meme. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm gonna Google conception video game and see if it's related. Uh, it's a role playing game developed by Spike, not Spike Chunsoft. Simply Spike. Uh, it's a PSP game. It's published by Spike Chunsoft, developed by by Spike. Um, the player's goal is to charm girls from National Star God Academy, raise their affection for the main character, and then pro- uh, then produce and take the Star Children to explore dungeons and battle impurities. However, it is not an eroge, as the Star Children are produced by pouring energy from the main character and one of the 12 Star Maidens into a particular device. Hmm. Oh. Fuck. What a concept right there. Energy. There's an anime from, Energy. from May 4th of this year. <laughs> Gonzo Energy. made an anime. <laughs> I wonder what color oh. it is. <laughs> oh, we all know it's white. <laughs> Let's not even mince words on this one. Oh. oh, I'm covered in energy. What will I do? There's one with the we're whale in... or something. <laughs> oh, it's... We're in for a rough ride next week, that's for sure. It's Look, it's true. A lot of bad can be boring. That's, that's entirely fair. And uh, we've been there. We've done... Uh... Maybe we should maybe we should just do Crystal Triangle because that wasn't boring. That was fantastic. That, that it, it, was that was an acid <laughs> the recording's been lost forever. But, I just, yeah, that could be an idea. And our well, our, well, our, bow, our, our bow recording also is lost, but we'll have we'll have a we'll have a think about it. But bow was we not as get. bad as I remembered it being. We'll get on to that. Anyway, so uh 
that is the end of the episode. Thank yes. you all very much for listening as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back also next week at some point with number 21. Uh, but of course, we'll have our 300 yep. stream then. Uh, and we'll also be recording the Macross Christmas uh, thing as well. So it's going to be a busy week for us. <laughs> no, that's um, the week it, after. Like, so next week is 21 and our 300 plus substream. Uh, the following we week go. is 22 and Mac Christmas. Very Macross Christmas. Yeah. Um, right. In the meantime, Doc, where can people find you on Twitter? At the Subtle Doctor. And uh, please don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, follow, and share. We are on. Smash that Smash it. We are on iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> and uh, we just received our, I think, our, our 20th review fairly recently. Uh, we were on 18 for a while. But that really helps us. Like if you, you know, like I say in the beginning of the podcast form of this, we're not interested in taking your money for Waro Desho. For now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we like, you know, if you want to help us, like it's definitely an iTunes rating, certainly, and, and a review, if, if you'd be so kind, uh, would definitely help us there with our visibility and discoverability. But we're now, we're, we show up as five stars. We had shown up as less because there's a person that gave us a two star review. Show yourself, coward. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> that's fair. We're very. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, we're shit. We're bad. We're very bad. That's entirely fair. Uh, but it's been mostly kind people leaving five star reviews and, and ratings and some nice reviews. And uh, we're on Twitter, like I say, as well. And we got our Gmail. We got our SoundCloud, which is. Uh, uh, a very nice way to consume the show via podcast. Um, and you guys in chat, of course, know YouTube. But if you're on demanding this in the pod, you can catch this live on YouTube. We put out the announcements on our Twitter when we're going to stream these. Um, so if you're interested in participating in the really lively and lovely discussion, uh, please sub-, sub to the YouTube channel. Come on by when we, we do our thought stream. Hell yes. Hell yes. Right. Uh, for me, you can find me at Shane1010 on Twitter and also at CuriousCat.me forward slash Shane1010. You know all this. Yeah, I'm not changing, I'm not magically changing my name anytime soon to like Gunter or anything like that. So there we go. How's Curious uh, Cat and, been treating you? Um, it hasn't. No, I've not received anything, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, no big. No worries. Yeah, it's all. It, they could very well have been there, in which case, you know, it's okay for them oh. to be wrong. It's okay for them to not know what they're Oh, you know, speaking of Darling and the Frags, and God, we're talking about this show still. Um, no, I was, I was telling Shadon, I think it's quite funny to read the lyrics of the current Banana Fish OP as a letter that I wrote to the creative staff of Darling and the Franks. <laughs> I could think of many different songs that I could, I could substitute in that place, to be honest. Probably all I, of them. I've been now. deceived, everything, and... A very guttural, get away from me, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a thought experiment I did and made myself laugh quite a bit mm-hmm. while reading the reading the OP lyrics. Um, uh, I could probably think of a decent real big fish show to go in there. Cheer up, perhaps, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Somebody hates uh, me. Anyway. <laughs> That's how you feel when you're watching the show. <laughs> It really did feel like sometimes like it was just deliberately constructed just to push my buttons. 
Anyway, we'll not talk that anymore. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening as always. We'll see you uh, next week. Until then, have a fantastic week. And as always, ratio for everyone till the end of the universe. Very good night. Good night, good luck, goodbye. Thank you.